I feel so productive. We are recording three episodes in two days. Yes. Um, So welcome back to Queer Halftime. My name is Becca, I use she, they, and I'm back with Stephanie and I use she, her. There we go. Got it right this time. We got it right. (laughs) Stage right still though. It's all good. You got the first one under your belt. Um, We're recording, yeah, two episodes today. So it's a little bit interesting. Um, Yeah. So we... Stephanie mentioned in the last episode, you work for the library. I do. Yeah. I work for the St. Albert Public Library. Uh, very thrilled to be there. Been there since 2018. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Honorary St. Albertan. I don't work or I don't live in St. Albert, but I mean, I might as well live there because when you work full time, that's yeah. most of your life. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I don't live in St. Albert anymore either, but I grew up here. You did, yeah. And I used to do the library summer Cute. reading programs. Yes, they were very fun. Have you been back since to see it? I did not see this year, so okay. no, I didn't have a chance to come in. Okay, but like you should come for a nostalgia tour. I know, I know. Yeah. I meant to this summer, yeah. and then I just got like really busy. That's okay. Every every year is an adventure. Um, my best friend, who I'm still best friends with, uh, lived in, uh, and her parents still live in St. Albert. So this was like grade seven to grade 12. And so we spent a lot of time in St. Albert, mm. Grandin Mall, go to the theater there. Was there a skate park around here? Or some kind of like youth? center I there remember was, going to yeah, like a like show a youth hub or something out was, here yeah. I remember going to something uh out here and just uh I remember going to Zeller's like at uh, yeah. St. Albert Center the very first time I got drunk we're my friend was driving us home from a party and I threw up in the Grandin theater parking lot <laughs> <laughs> it adds up yeah 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 peak St. Albert yep. experience yeah <laughs> got kicked out of a house party by the cops and Looks for all underage. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Be there. Yeah. Yeah. Drink responsibly. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. So in your work as a librarian or like with the library. Yeah, I that's guess. my title too. Yeah. Um, we we're gonna talk about banned books and yeah. just like intellectual freedom and all kinds of fun stuff because it kind of goes off our conversation from I guess when this comes out, it would be two weeks ago mm-hmm. of um conservatives ruining things with their tears. Uh, is that the episode I'm <laughs> the one you did Kelsey yes Amazing. so I'm wearing a Pink Floyd shirt today um because we talked about the ridiculousness about the Pink Floyd like 50th anniversary logo it's oh. like there's a rainbow in the zero oh. and all these guys who like absolutely would have owned the original album are like why you gotta make it woke I'm like it's the original art you they always had it. a rainbow oh yeah. my god it's really funny so I walked in and our boss Terry hasn't listened to that episode obviously because it just came out this morning but he was like, oh, are you wearing that in protest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good well, great. no, like protest of like the conservative dipshits. Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and I was like, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Love that. So, yeah, it's kind of going off of that. Um, I feel like banned books has always more been an American thing. I definitely. Like. Yeah. But like we've definitely had people trying it here. All the time. Especially with like the schools. Yes, especially, especially really with the schools. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the schools. So um, 
in Canada, we do recognize Freedom to Read Week, uh, and that is February 19th to 25th. And that's, uh, you know, an opportunity to uh, talk about uh, intellectual freedom in the libraries and um, talk about like our collection policies, what we keep, and um, to also reflect on things that have been challenged, uh, titles that um, uh, people have challenged, uh, meaning they didn't want to have them in the library um, okay. uh, at certain points in history. And it's, it's, sometimes a chuckle but sometimes it's actually just really scary too like yeah. it's kind of like haha I can't believe you know uh that was something people were worried about but um there really are a lot of themes of like you know what were people trying to keep out of the conversation yeah like I find whenever I look at the list and it says like the reasons like we were just looking at it just to brush up before we press record here and like some of them are like offensive language <laughs> there's like 1984 was like pro-communist ideas but like I find the really biggest through line is queerness and race Yeah, are like the two really big ones definitely for like banning stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that, that, that still persists. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a big problem, you know, um, it's about in schools, but also in public libraries, um, when you have, uh, like lawmakers and people that are deciding, uh, what information should and shouldn't be in the library. It's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. And with, you know, certain politicians in Canada seeming to take some cues from the U.S. This is, I feel like, kind of timely. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, many like foundations of libraries and one of those is access in to information and free access to information um you know that's uh that's really really important to us um been many people might not know but like most libraries don't actually filter their internet for example oh, nice. um you know schools may often do that um yeah. for sure but but libraries will not and that's sometimes uh, a really scary thought for people like oh my gosh like my child goes on the computers and uh you know certainly you know we we don't want uh, people looking at things that would um you know be uh, problematic and 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 impact our our rules about what is acceptable behavior in the library but um when you put those filters on you know they are inhibiting access to really important information mm -hmm. um and so uh maybe it's on um you know it can be really benign stuff but it can be like if you're wanting information on transitioning that yeah. those informations can be blocked out because they're seen as like, I don't know, overly, you know, to have too much sex in them or yeah, whatever. So like inherent value judgments in whatever you block. Like I remember in school, like it was stuff that made sense. Like you couldn't access porn. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think they blocked social media as well. Mm -hmm. Um, just because they had because of space issues, they had some classes in the computer labs. Yeah. And so kids would like covertly be on the school computers, like on Facebook or whatever, or yeah. like you know, dicking around. Um, so it got to a point where our teacher would just shut off the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would solve it. Class. And he was like, you can have it back at lunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, so yeah, I feel like anytime there's any kind of censorship, there's like inherent value judgments. Absolutely. And it's such a fine line to walk because on the one hand, I'm like, I don't think you should censor things for adults, especially, mm -hmm. right? You know, once mm -hmm. you're old enough to have like a fully developed frontal lobe yep. and like that kind of thing you can kind of make your own judgments kids I'm a little bit more like you know I think we should be careful but at the same time like I have such a problem with like giving people platforms like we just had Theo Fleury speak at the Arden and by we I mean St. Albert not out loud god uh <laughs> the royal we is St. Albert yeah yeah St. Albert that. just had him at the Arden and I'm like 
like, you know, as a queer community member and like a person who's like fairly left, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about giving these people platforms. Right. Mm -hmm. But then is that like a form of censorship? And it's like this whole little, it is, it's a line of like, where do you kind of, but there's always someone involved saying, this is the right move and this isn't so like inherent you know value judgments you know even filters are created by people and those people have have preferences and biases too so um it's a really interesting conversation and it's there's a lot of gray areas Mm -hmm. um you know something that you know so you know people that work at libraries are are human as well then they have feelings they have opinions they have histories um uh, you know, and it can be, uh, it can be troubling to, to see certain things that are held in the library. So there's a, a really problematic book, uh, in the library, problematic to, to people, um, that are, um, you know, uh, um, transitioning transgender and, uh, oh, the name will come to me and I don't even want to promote it. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. it's a, it's a really awful book and, uh, it's talking about this craze of, uh, of children wanting to, uh, become, uh, you know, something is a different gender and, and transition and, 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 you know, take steps to, um, you know, change their biology. And, um, um, one thing that made this book also was really, really popular. It had lots of holds on it. Everybody wanted it. It wasn't a book that the staff were like, we're going to order this book. Um, it came as a patron request. It's really common that people will request books for us to purchase. And we really love to do that. And we can build a collection that, um, is what people want to have. We also have, you know, uh, experts that that do choose things but anyway um we had a staff member that went through read the book basically did a book report on it to dissect everything from it because oh, wow. it's like um the the devil you know versus the devil you don't so yeah, we yeah. felt better equipped so it was really amazing that the staff member did this and um uh, we felt way better equipped to know what we were working with. So people that want to read this, what are they reading? What uh, perspective are they being given? What kind of questions are they going to have? You know, maybe makes it uh, easier for us to find um, alternative content that can also combat those ideas too. Yeah. So it is important to have that that balance in the physical and the digital collection, I believe, um, because sometimes, you know, you're just really understanding, um, you know, things a different way do you have rules about like factual correctness yes definitely okay. so like uh you know we have a so health and uh information on health and science and those kind of books um mm-hmm. we have to really go through and uh we call it weeding when we get rid of books discarding or weeding we have to to make sure those are accurate you know because okay. health information changes all the time there's a lot of books on like how to fight cancer by eating mm-hmm. xyz yeah. so those are sort of like gray area ones but often um you know that stuff ages out a lot quicker than other content mm-hmm. so that stuff might have a life of like five years or or something you or take um but yeah we pay really close attention to that however you know we really don't want people getting all their health and medical information from the library either for sure Uh, but but yeah absolutely we do but like so yeah there won't be books about like the earth is flat and here's why like no okay cool cool yes there are some there are some boundaries but (laughs) it's uh it's that's yeah a responsible thing to like yeah yeah really um things that have been proven Mm -hmm. science yeah really try to that are kind of accepted within the scientific community yeah but there's still some gray for sure there's some some gray that will keep some um yeah I don't know if we have any the world is flat books but there might keep stuff for like historical or like academic reference some stuff 
Yeah. Um, but that would be more like local history. We keep a lot oh, okay, of local yeah. history stuff um, where it's been really tricky. And there's been lots of um, experts in the field working on this is um, so the way things are organized in the library is called like cataloging. Mm-hmm. And so there's terms that uh, are really harmful now to use, um, you know, to describe indigenous people that have been used to catalog these oh, books. Right. So when you look these books up, they're going to say a name um, that would be like really hurtful and insulting and inappropriate to use um so there's been a lot of work to right. change the language around the the way the books are organized but there might still be books using that term okay um so yes so to 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 your point like we may keep those books because it was important to see uh how you know a certain group of people was were spoken about and how yeah. that in, you know um you know comes with the history uh, of Canada and that kind of thing with indigenous peoples yeah yeah so but it's it's hard some organizations like not necessarily libraries but like um will put like stickers on about like for academic reference oh no we only that, or like but basically like a basically dis- saying like don't take a this disclaimer seriously. of like you know this is not you know don't accept- use this this isn't or- accepted well, like science or no we haven't done that maybe right? that's an academic library thing but uh um we i would say it's easier for us to get rid of stuff if it just doesn't fit because we can't hold everything yeah and sure. we um we uh, try to just reflect what's going on at the time. So it's, you know, we just, we want to have a little bit of everything as well. Yeah. And so it means we can't, we want to have a little bit of everything. We can't keep everything. So yeah. it can be a little bit like, but that gets back to who's the person behind deciding what stays and what mm-hmm. goes. So <laughs> you don't, you don't have the freedom I do of going through our donations and realizing somebody donated a book by Ezra Levant oh. and throwing it on the floor. Like it was coded in the plague. Lots of books by him. Um, I bet. Yeah. Lots. Um, so I guess uh, something that's really interesting to me and, and something that I'm, you know, still learning so much about, and I'm not an expert to speak to this, but um you know, the, the foundation of libraries uh, being access to information and intellectual freedom, it's important to remember that um, libraries, uh, you know, are uh, inherently colonial institutions that, mm-hmm. um, you know, have existed uh, in times where uh, there was racial segregation. And, you know, so there still is a lot of, and other things. So there's still a lot of like um, inherent, you know, uh, racism in libraries and as much as we're all like great people there's biases uh people that work in libraries are primarily white um they are uh cisgender they are middle class because it does take a certain level of education to work in a library too so we are a product of history and the culture and so if it's those people that are deciding what goes in the library and what doesn't and that can be like the physical collection that can be programs like you know um we still can exist in a vacuum and so um libraries um say that you know there's space for everyone and we want to believe that's true but if we're thinking of everyone in our own uh existence that doesn't right. include everybody yeah. so i'm really not trying to be uh you know put down my own profession but i am trying to be openly critical about my profession because i think that's the only way that we can move forward if we're here to serve the community and the community is everyone, mm-hmm. then we need to be open to uh, things that exist beyond our own preference or knowledge. I totally get that. Like, I, I only had the opportunity to work very briefly in my field of study, 
but like I studied a branch of anthropology and like I don't know how much of the history of anthropology you know but it's not great Hmm. it's and so I think for people who you know are part of these disciplines who have these like very colonial or like um roots I think it's really important to be critical and like understand that history so you can move forward in like an educated like um purposeful like way yeah 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 and until we're at a place where everybody that works at the library reflects everybody in the community uh and that will that will occur it's just going to take a lot of time until we're there um we have to do other things to make sure that we're um you know understanding their community needs so that it can be reflected in all of our offerings so a lot of that is um engaging with the community and talking to people and understanding um you know what what makes this space a space that people want to continue to come back to and if there's certain groups that aren't using the library why is that um our goal isn't you know of course we'd love everyone to use the library but but the reality is like sometimes in your life you you need certain things or you don't um but can we get to a place where everyone has a really positive association with the library and if they don't why is that is it because they don't feel welcome and if they don't it's really important that we listen to that instead of touting but it is a space for everyone because mm-hmm. if you you go through the your life the way that you know you present in the way you've grown up you can't speak for other people and what their experience is so if yeah. someone is saying I come here and I I don't see myself here I don't feel welcome um I don't feel like it's a space for me it's so important for us to hear why like can you tell us more about that I really love like libraries as a space because they're one of the very few spaces especially indoor ones where you can hang out for hours with no expectation of spending money um or like doing anything like that like they're one of like very very few places like you won't get kicked out for loitering yeah like such thing as loitering yeah yeah like so I think they're really, really important also for that reason. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, the third space is something, um, it's a term that's used a lot. Okay. So it's not your home. It's not not your home <laughs> you know it's not it's not like somewhere where you're going to like school work, you're consuming something, you're getting a service. It's yeah. that third space where you can just be. Yeah, you can yeah. go read, you can write your resume, you yep. can whatever. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time there even outside of the summer reading program yeah I think I read all of the goosebumps books you have and the Greek mythology ones and the shark ones oh my god that is so exciting <laughs> well, the ch- so did you spend a lot of time on the main floor in the children's library then hey um yeah and then a, a little team. bit yeah but yeah mostly in the kids library it's hard that's where we lose people you know yeah. like the, yeah to, to transition to teen yeah it's hard but then people generally come back uh as a student maybe like in university or yeah. they come back with their own children and re-engage with the library um you know I guess this relates to some people saying well I can buy my own books I have the computer I have a printer why do we need library is so expensive it's so expensive and to to think that everything that you have someone else has mm-hmm. is really problematic yeah. <laughs> you know um that's nice that you have all the comforts of home and, and in or in your home but um you know that's not the case for a lot of people and the yeah. other thing is accessing services too so a lot of people don't realize like you know it's not just library staff that are there for example you know we have um people, we programming. Yeah, yeah out loud runs programming there and so community members are there we have um people there 
supporting newcomers from the Edmonton Immigrant Services Association nice. twice a week, which is super important. That's their that's their office. Those settlement practitioners. That's their office. We have um, community support workers from the city that will uh, spend time there and and support libraries. Um, you know, we anyway. I'm going off track. No, Maybe I love it. Books, but I love it. Um, so like we kind of mentioned books being banned in schools and stuff, and I remember like my not favorite that's the wrong word but like it's just so wild to me the ones like to kill a mockingbird is always a big one um and like huckleberry finn and like they're banned for racism and i'm like have you did you read the book yeah like to kill a mockingbird granted a little white savory yes um but still a wonderful book it's where i get my family nickname from um my family call me boo oh that's cute <laughs> kind of mad when I realized it was after Boo Radley when I was in high school I was like mom it's because I was born two weeks late she was like and you know my mom was an English teacher at the time she was like come out boo um but yeah like Huckleberry Finn like I'm assuming like a lot of us have to read it absolutely it's like a required reading in 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 English I think we did To Kill a Mockingbird instead but I read it later on but people are like oh it's racist I'm like yes it uses the n-word like that's part of the time but like if you read the book it's about this like white boy who was raised to believe that a hell is real and that he will go there if he like is even nice to a slave Mm -hmm. let alone freeze one Mm -hmm. and then this black man becomes like his father essentially right and he's like I will accept the risk of going to hell to you know free this man who has become my father Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so people like they just see the animal and they're like it's racist I'm like no but I mean read it using we talk about using like reading to explore other worlds. It's yeah. like using reading and books uh, and those materials to um, to work through difficult things and explore yeah. something as as complicated as racism. Um, you know, because that that word is exists in a book that isn't a word that uh, is okay to use. Um, you know, examining how it was used in the book, you know, yeah. gives that context because. Um, it is important to 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 revisit those things in a time when that was acceptable well, yeah and like a time when it was like super super relevant mm-hmm. like I remember reading To Kill a Mockingbird and like our English teacher would read parts of it aloud mm-hmm. and she was like okay disclaimer I'm not going to read out this word I'll just say in um but here is and like she actually like she was a very new teacher I'll give her immense props for this because we were a bunch of white St. Albert kids and she's like this is the history of this word this is why I'm not nice. saying it like yes. I was like, Hell, yes yes good job that's really cool yeah when we don't talk about things it's really problematic yeah. so um that's great that they use that as an opportunity to yeah. to to bring light to uh it so yeah I'll, I'll I don't know a lot of the things that, um, you know, when we talk about a book being challenged, it could be anything from, yeah, the content, it could be the artwork. It could also be that the person challenging the book doesn't feel like it's placed properly in the library. So maybe it's in the children's section and really it's more appropriate for the teen section right? Uh, based on uh, like content, but it could also be like reading level. That's fair. Um, and so those are kinds of things that, you know, uh, when we're cataloging and putting those books where where they're supposed to go, you know, we're using guides uh, that have recommendations, mm-hmm. um, but, but like mistakes are made. So um, it is important that that uh, people feel that they can share those things and we yeah. may or may not change it. Um, like I think there's some very legitimate reasons to challenge books, yeah. right? But at the same time, 
I would ask the people examine if they're challenging them just because they make them uncomfortable. Exactly. Right. And like, why do they make you uncomfortable? Like, is it, you know, like if I'm reading something that's like super transphobic, obviously Mm -hmm. I'm going to be uncomfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I'm reading something like, again, like Huckleberry Finn, I'm like, why, you know, examine that. Like, is it making you face hard truths? Is it making you reflect on your own, like sort of culture's history? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a book right now, Gender Gender Queer. It's okay. a graphic novel. Cool. Uh, I can't think of who it's by Maya something maybe. And uh, it, and uh, it's actually funny when when these books get so much uh, um, free press. I guess you know it's like oh I want to read that book right. And yeah. so I think it's a book that it, it's a coming of age graphic novel about someone uh, exploring their their gender fluidity and uh, just growing up with a supportive family. Like, so sometimes like, you're like, oh my God, what's this book going to be about? And I read it and I was like, well, okay, it's a nice it, book. Isn't like, that what happened with Mouse though? Oh, what's Mouse about? So it's like M-A-U-S. Okay. It's um, an allegory by like a survivor of the Holocaust. Okay. And it like, it does not pull punches, but like all of them are animate, animated as mice. Oh. Right. And like, I haven't read the whole thing. I've just seen excerpts, but like it's brutal yeah and so there were people being like i don't know if we should teach this in you know high schools okay but it's history right and so that was the conversation is like it's history it's incredibly brutal like it's this whole conversation and like i landed on like high school yeah like maybe not to a bunch of grade sevens Mm -hmm. but um right but then like it's sales like totally went way up right and people were like well it's better than the boy in the striped pajamas because that book is bullshit yeah I know and then you start to look at the things that were required reading and you're just like who made this decision yeah. like um the point of the striped pajamas I'm like wait so this son of an SS officer doesn't know what a Jewish person is yeah really guys yep. yeah exactly it's very it centers the yeah yeah the like white from a boy criticism yeah, there and actually those can be okay books to read if you know what to look for well, and that's but, where context in exactly comes from. like it would be a really great book for like a like a media literacy kind yeah. of 100% course right yep. so a lot of it yeah so much is context yep um this makes me think a little bit about uh so so thankfully that there's a lot more conversations around um you know uh, uh uncovering the the horrific past of residential schools mm-hmm. and um there's a lot more picture books actually describing the experiences of of uh, of people that went to residential school and were torn from their homes, ind- mm-hmm. Indigenous people in Canada torn from their homes, um, and the the past that Canada has, and the you know the continued threats to Indigenous children. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's books like that, and um, thankfully in schools it's being talked about more too, so the library can complement that yeah. and complement you know through the collection conversations that are are having at, people are having at home with their families about about uh you know what happened in these schools and um but there's you know sometimes conversations about well when is too young to talk about residential schools with children and it's like well the children that went to these schools were very young too well and that's the thing there's something to be said for like teaching a kid a story at the age where like the person in the story was mm-hmm. right like I mean I remember in grade seven when we learned like this wasn't even part of the curriculum my teacher literally just went on this horrifying tangent um about the death camps because he had been to one and he started explaining like there were grooves in the wall from like fingernails basically mm-hmm. right and we were all 12 years old right oh. but like that brought it home like immediately yeah. like 
oh shit, it was bad, right? Like it was bad, but like we weren't traumatized. Like it was a really important lesson to learn. Yep. Right. And so it's, yeah, this balance of like, you know, I don't want to traumatize a small child, but also the impact needs to be like explained. These kids were traumatized, right? Like, yep. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Um, Balance. You know, a lot of books that tend to get challenged as well, or that have been banned, you know, um, are, you know, like characters that have, uh, you know, uh, same sex relationships, you know, like, like two hamsters that get married or two penguins that get married and they have a child and, you know, things like, um, you can really see that somebody was uncomfortable with that and and brought it up. And, um, you know, I would say what's really lovely is we're seeing more families that are actually really looking for that content and yes. really want to see that representation in storybooks. And and like, so the, the book you would get for like, you know, the smallest child, you can read to a child uh, at any age. That's really important mm-hmm. to say, but we have board books. So those are those like thick books that you can't rip the pages out of. Right. And um, you know, sometimes some of these books try to explain like uh, there's actually a really good one called first conversations. And it's a series mm-hmm. that uh, there's one that's like um, on consent. Lots of books are getting better explained consent um for young young children born at any age it is it is because it doesn't people say directly sex but let's talk about consent of like can I take your picture can I hug you can I like and it's so important to talk about that early I love that my parents didn't make me hug relatives if I didn't want to um which was great for the tiny germaphobe yeah (laughs) yeah no and that's amazing and it's so uh amazing to to realize for people that maybe didn't have that wow like I was being forced to do something I didn't want to do but anyway so like um you know, there are books that are doing a good job explaining it. And some are a little too heavy. Like I, I got this book, it was like an Elmo one on racism and it was um, too heavy to, to get through with my three-year-old. Maybe we'll, you know, revisit it in a few years, but even just making sure that the people that are being included in the book, not just as like side characters, you know, um, you know, are, um, you know, uh, people of color, you know, yeah. that are like the main character is this, but the book's not about, a black child, you know, like it just happens to be, you know, this, this child is a, a child of color and they're, you know, getting their first haircut or whatever. Yeah. So representation in books is so important. I really see that getting so much better. Let's, speaking of Elmo, what I it was pointed out to me that I didn't realize is like really early Sesame Street episodes. There's like a lot of people of color uh-huh. it's because like the original intended audience was like these like inner city kind of kids know. after like you know, because there was all the white flight right, right out to the suburbs. Right. So like that was kind of the original like oh. audience and then it like expanded very quickly. Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, wow, these like old Sesame Street episodes are super diverse. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder why. That's so interesting. So, yeah. 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 Because there was one of the characters like um, somebody said that one of the characters, I think it might have actually been Elmo. Some of the ways he says some things are very reminiscent of like African-American vernacular English. Oh, I love that. And I think that was because like his original voice was actually like a black man voicing him or something but yeah it was this whole like rabbit hole that I fell down but love that yeah Yeah, so I mean I think that it's still important to be critical of what you're seeing in in, you know that's being published and stuff because here's the thing it's actually really easy to get a book published so yeah so just because some publish pretty much anything absolutely especially when it comes to digital so I think there's been this well if it made into a book it must be true um and that super is not the case so it is really important to understand like you know you know even if going to that publisher and understanding like you know okay what's the acclaim here what else have they published and uh you know just because you 
just like if you see it on TV, it doesn't mean it's real. The same goes for books. It's uh, there's not as many hoops as there used to be to get things published. Yeah. Um, you know, and and actually, that's not to say that anything that's self published is garbage. That's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, you know, it, it just actually tends to be harder for libraries to buy self published stuff because we try to buy from big vendors to get a good deal on things. So, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more common now for us to to be asked to buy things that are um, self-published and we do want to buy them because they're you know something local that has been created um, that we do want to have yeah I find self-published people are like authors who might not you know get a lot of traction with like the sort of legacy publishers like people have the color or like queer people Mm -hmm. or like sort of these stories that are outside of the mainstream like newcomers as well right yeah um and then on the other hand people can publish their bs and put it on amazon Oh, and that's what gets really tricky is a lot of times, this is why it's still easy for us to maybe say, oh, we can't get that book. (laughs) If somebody requests something that's really obscure and they show us like, so it's easy to get something published as like a Kindle book. Yeah. um, But we're not going to buy a Kindle book. They don't, they don't tend to work on, on even the average e-reader. You need like a subscription with Amazon. And so it doesn't benefit the library to buy that book because then you just end up charging the patron to, to get a subscription for something. So, um, a lot of that stuff is available digitally and there's a lot self-published on Amazon. Um, and uh, we're going to be quite scrupulous about how, you know, if we decide to buy that or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's for a few reasons. For the best. <laughs> yeah. Because, because people are, you know, if the library buys it, there is some inherent like um, vouching for that yeah. information. Yeah. You put like the stamp on yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, this was good enough to buy, good enough yeah. to circulate. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's important, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that everything that we have we believe in. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's a tricky. It's a tricky one. It's yeah. It's all so many gray areas. <laughs> lots, lots, and lots. Yeah, I don't know. I love the library, so I'm so glad. And I like so. There's. I know you know about it, but there's this app called Libby. Yeah. And you can get like audiobooks with a library card. Yes. Um, audiobooks, ebooks. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole digital thing is is super interesting and, and there's a lot of gatekeeping with it. So, um, you know, it's really expensive. It's probably triple the price um, for the library to buy an ebook or audiobook yeah. compared to the physical version. And there's a lot of gatekeeping with publishers um, not wanting uh, libraries to, to, to you know pay decent prices to circulate things and it's a common misconception that like you know we're in competition with bookstores and authors like that's not the case at all you know we we have very different purposes and you know if we're pumping up an author you know um or a title you know you can come and check it out at the library but like you know please buy it please support authors you know we have a we have a whole like event a a festival called Starfest St. Albert Readers Festival Mm -hmm. and um we invite local authors to speak and we sell their books those events you yeah. know we're, we're big supporters of that but you know it has not been easy for us to um, have an equal share of the digital market mm-hmm. and there's lots of people working on on you know increasing that access but yeah um you know you still do need a device so there's a bit of a barrier there but um yeah free free ebooks free audiobooks um free um movies yeah. comics like there's there's a whole world of digital content that um you know is uh is available and you don't have to give money to amazon no <laughs> no you do not awesome um do you have any other like stuff you want to pump here? up um or just like any points you want to make or hmm 
no I think I think I've said what I want to say about this cool yeah very cool yeah yeah (laughs) so so very happy freedom to read week um and oh I guess okay here's what I could say okay um you should so reading of all kinds is valid so I think a lot of people maybe don't feel like they belong maybe they're they're like I'm not a I'm not a reader I'm not a big reader and that makes me somehow like a bad person and I think it's really important that like oh I can also acknowledge that like I don't work in libraries because I'm a voracious reader I actually don't read that much (laughs) at all I work in libraries because I love people um but uh but I believe in in books and I believe in that material um but don't read anything you don't want to read yeah oh there was this guy and it was like the five rules of reading and I like cannot remember it at all but but I remember it from library school and it was like tenants of of reading or something and it was like one of them was like don't read books you don't want to read and I remember when I when I learned that I was like oh that's so freeing and also audiobooks are reading yeah and don't let anybody tell you different yeah that's not a cop-out it's it's reading if you're listening to a book you're reading so uh consume material in the way you want to and you don't have to finish a book and you can put it down and you're not a bad person if you haven't read like all the classics um you're allowed to I don't know I feel like I have a lot of shame around that well, working in so I used to you know I did the thing like in probably like grade 12 or so like I I was a huge huge reader um and like read you know well above my like you know reading level Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I started trying to read some of the classics and I was like these are garbage and I hate them yeah they're bad um (laughs) I saw this really good dissection of like you know you need to think about like who decided that these are classics right Mm -hmm. a lot of them were yeah like rich white cishet men Mm -hmm. and like occasionally you know, replace men with women, but yep. like for the most part, it was these people. Cause I remember I read Wuthering Heights and I literally threw the book. I, was so, <laughs> I hated those characters yep. so much and not in like a fun, like, oh, they're terrible. I love Just them. like, I'm not like, interested. This is terrible. And I hate them so much. And I hope only the worst for them. And then it didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I was in my dorm and I like threw this paperback. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. And I actually think if you're looking for recommendations, I mean, like, please come and, and talk to us or email us or call mm-hmm. us. Um, And it actually is more helpful if you tell us what you didn't like. It's oh, actually way yeah, better right. to like, like find a book for you. Because if you're like, well, I don't know, I haven't read something in a really long time. That's okay. You know, what, what is a show you loved or a show you hated, you know, because yeah. we're, we're a lot of us are consuming a lot of shows. Yeah. Um. So shows. Not like an old person like yeah netflix tv but yeah. anyway yeah I that's to, what I, I need to see my stories my stories yeah so um <laughs> i just think uh yeah you're uh that's a part of feeling welcome at the library and so yeah. um you know even if you don't use the library to read books like you were also welcome but uh yeah yeah just hang out there just come hang out because yeah. you can't loiter yeah yeah there you go yeah yeah um do you enjoy Oh, I have lots of joy. Okay, actually, yeah, I am. Um, Valentine's Day is my joy. I'm like a oh. Valentine's Day freak. I love Valentine's Day. And uh, I guess when this podcast comes out, will it have passed? No, it'll be coming up oh, pretty soon. Okay, well, like future Stephanie's gonna be like losing her mind. Just love it. I just I just think it's a wonderful day. And I um I have some crafts that I'm gonna make. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a great day. So I'm, that's my joy is like looking forward to Valentine's day. Cause I'm insane. I, I mean, you've even got kind of Valentine earrings they on that I they love are. them so much. They are, they say like, be mine. This oh, is a shout out to okay. tiny hands beadwork. Oh yeah. Um, Hug me. They're like the little like hearts. Uh, conversation yeah. hearts. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they're beaded beautifully. I like it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna steal your joy from last episode and be like, I loved having you here. Oh, thank it was you. great. It was great. So getting to just hang out on the couch my and pleasure. talk about books and all kinds of stuff. So yes. thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, and thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, be kind to yourself and others, and we'll see you next week. Bye.